and welcome back to the Rewind That Tape podcast. I'm Mr. Stromboli. I'm Dr. Cash. And today we're going to be going through some of the best things we saw throughout the week, but we're going to be talking about a lot of events that went on today, and we're going to start off with a new kind of special segment talking about soccer. Uh, If you guys haven't heard the news already, or if you're not fans of soccer, then you might want to skip to later in the episode. But if you haven't heard the news already, the Super League is a new proposed league that will feature all the best clubs playing each other uh, to rival the Champions League. Cash, your initial thoughts on this. Yeah, definitely a big day in soccer history. Um, All teams from Europe, Premier League, and uh, a few teams turned it down, but it's it's been a pretty pretty bad day in soccer, in my opinion, but a lot of fans are mad. Some are on the edge, but I think it's definitely a move financially as numbers, projected numbers for this league's earnings have been through the roof, but it, it's going to be uh, a very uneven balance here. I mean, you're going to have all these, the Super League making all the money, and then these leagues that weren't able to make the Super League are going to be, they're going to be pretty close to bankrupt, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you look at this other side of it, and it's really interesting because you don't know uh, what's going to really happen because you it's one side of it. You see the financial aspect of all the managers and all the front office stuff. Those guys are in favor of it. Then we have the fans like me and Cash and everybody else that watches the sport. Uh, most people are not in favor of this. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And then you have the players who, who are really just mindless in this. They can't really do anything to control right. this they're either they, gonna, they got no power yeah yeah they have no power and and we've heard it all day today of how these clubs need to get punished by somebody in order to set them right because it is a club's league you look at the premier league you have six of those teams so if you, i guess we skipped over this six teams from the premier league arsenal chelsea liverpool man city man united and tottenham then we have the three teams the italy's big three ac milan Inter Milan, Juventus, and then three from Spain, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, and Real Madrid. And they are all waiting for a Super League. Bayern Munich and PSG have both declined so far. Yep, as well as Dortmund. Yeah, so those three teams are the ones to keep an eye on because those teams uh, would definitely make the league more interesting. They're, they've confirmed it as well, so... The, the teams have, so it's not just a rumor that's been circling. Is there yeah. a need to ban these teams or to dock them points or to make things interesting in these other leagues that are occurring right now? It's I, I think there is a need to do that. I mean, the UEFA, they, they've, they've been sending out a message like that we're going to ban uh, players from domestic and international competitions if they set up a... You, yeah. you could say set up a rival to the Champions League, which is the Super League. So I definitely think there's going to have to be some restrictions on these players if if that wants to be played. But, I mean, think about it. If you're a young soccer player, would you join this league but not be able to play for your country and compete for a World Cup? Because now that you think about it, I mean, the World Cup's going to be missing a lot of players if this league turns out to be happening. Yeah, and, and I think that's where the players are, are finally going to get their will say and their power because 
that the World Cup is like one of the most important events yeah. for a lot of these young players, a lot of these players in the Premier League in these on these clubs because these clubs are the best of the best, and almost every single player is going to be playing for his or her or excuse me his international team. We're talking about the men's. Just to add on, the women's side would be the Super League for the teams that have women's team. And that would get going after the men's one gets run up. So both sides would eventually get in trouble. This could affect almost everybody and to see a World Cup without these players. Before we keep going into the negative side, if you had to pick one of these teams to go out there and beat all the other teams and win, who would you pick right now? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's... It's super tough because, I mean, all these teams are tier one teams in their league. But if I had to choose one, I mean, I would say, I don't know. I, I, I feel like Man City is definitely a strong choice because you have teams like Madrid and Barcelona. But I, I don't know. I they I feel like they're inconsistent as well as Juventus. But I think Man City is, is, is the safest choice. But I definitely have to see how these teams compete with each other a little bit more to have a final decision. But, I mean, if, you, if, if you're not a soccer fan, I mean, just think about it this way. It's basically the NBA bubble, with, but with the top five, six seeds. And, and it's a league of those 12. Think about it that way. Like, would you like that? Because if you're a fan of the, the seeds from seven to below, I mean, you really wouldn't have a chance to compete with the tier one teams. And that's what these, the fans of these clubs, not in the Super League, are feeling. Yeah, it's it's like taking I think an NBA I think the NFL you can't really use because every team is there's no draft lottery so you pretty much if you tank you you're gonna have the number one pick in soccer you don't have that you have to be fortunate enough to have really good coaching and really good players to hope to make it to something like Champions League and we're we're seeing a crazy year this year in the EPL and we'll talk about that in a second. So it really has to be like NBA, maybe NHL, MLB even. I think MLB is a great example. You take the top five teams in each side, which is what they do right now. Take the playoff teams from last year and you put them all into a their own little league that they play on on the side that's considered prestigious in all of Europe. So, I mean, uh, my pick, when I think about it, uh, would I'd probably have to go with... Uh, probably Real Madrid side because they've been playing really strong in Champions League play. And as a Man United fan, I just cannot have the will or courage to pick Man City. <laughs> as you would know if you were a deep Premier League fan. Um, it brings us into the EPL as we kind of shut things down in the Super League. It brings us into the English Premier League right now at the top of the table. City and Man United fighting. City's eight points up with six games to go. They're in a pretty dominant position with West Ham holding the final spot in front of Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, Everton, and Arsenal if they could really just win a lot of games. So, <laughs> yeah, it it's going to be interesting. But let's talk about United versus City real fast. Eight games to go. Does United have any shot? I mean, I think eight they, points, six games, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I, I wouldn't see why not. I mean, they've won their they've won five of their last five. They're on a five game winning streak. And I mean, I it, it's just been it's been fun to see them win and all the I mean the the Europa League, I mean, you know, those those teams aren't what you'll see mostly in the Premier League, but I mean, they're winning games and that, and that's what matters. I mean, before they weren't able to do that on a consistent basis, but now they are, and they have a tough, a, a tougher stretch coming up than what they did before. And but I, I think there is a good chance that they are able to. I mean, you got Roma in the semifinals of the Europa League. Then um, after that, you got Aston Villa. Then you got a couple more, um, couple more Premier League opponents, and then you move on to the Europa Finals, in which uh, you could face another if. Premier League team if if you win. Yeah, it, you could uh, face another Premier League like. Uh, such in Arsenal, but I think they definitely have a, a chance to take over Man City in that number one seed. Yeah, I mean, it, it, what we men United, and I say we because I'm a fan. It would be so unprecedented to see Man City blow such a lead with us gaining six points in the last five games. So it would be very, very difficult to happen because. A few oh, two weeks ago, uh, City was up by fourteen. Now the lead's cut to eight. They still have to go out there and play a good side in Chelsea and Everton. And Man United fans, if you're there, we have you have to win out. You have to knock off Liverpool and Leicester and Aston Villa, all not easy opponents, and you have to still play Wolves, who. Or have been known to throw people fits with leads still coming up. So a lot of mid-tier teams, and then City's only tough opponent left is Chelsea. Then they have right. Everton and Aston Villa as well. So Crystal Palace, one of those teams is going to have to draw Man City to make this interesting on that side. Let's talk about the Champions League action. So the top four teams in the Premier League make the Champions League, if you were not already aware. Currently, West Ham holds this spot. A huge upset. I don't think anybody would have ever picked West Ham preseason. No. Mm-mm. So, I mean, I don't know. This whole thing is is pretty shocking to have still see them up here. I mean, you start the season uh, there, and you're like, okay. I mean, it's the beginning of the year, but now they've stayed up there. I don't know. I mean, there's all there's a chance. They're one games ahead. Yeah, like like you said, no nobody saw West Ham uh, having a chance at the at the Champions League. But at, at the end of the day, when you bring in when you bring in the young talent that they have, and you mix it and you mix it with veterans, you're gonna get those losses like Newcastle, but you're also gonna get those thrilling victories. And I think, and I think that's what brings this group together because they're such an interesting group group to watch with Jesse Lingard. But at the same time, it it you trust this team in the Champions League, like it, it's kind of like uh, just take a weaker team joining this this new Europa Super European Super League. Are you really gonna trust a team like Arsenal there? I wouldn't think so. But with West Ham, I mean, they're an interesting group. Yeah, West Ham. West Ham has never been in the Champions League, ever. 
So this would be their first berth if they can hold off Chelsea, who's hot on their tails. They have a much nicer schedule. They ha- they play Chelsea. It's a make or break this Saturday coming up. West Ham, Chelsea. So it- it's going to be awesome to see which side can get it done, which side has it in them to, to win this game. So, oh, it- it- it's going to be fun to watch th- that little ending as we keep moving into the later parts of this segment. Wrapping up our soccer talk, uh, not much, but it's just stuff that we saw there and we we noted and we thought that was that they it was pretty interesting. Let's talk about the NBA. Starting off with the Wizards, there's zero games outside of a play-in spot currently. The pace, or excuse me, the Raptors, Bulls, and Wizards all 16 games out from the 76ers. The but when you look at the win win percentage the Raptors sit at 0.414 and the Bulls and Wizards are both at 4.411 so both of those teams still have two games left to gain on the Raptors what do you think about all this cash the Wizards are hot can they keep it going yeah I think they can keep it going and it's it comes down to how they're going to be able to execute we saw already in the season how bad this team can be. I mean, they got up to that rough start, and I don't know if anyone really saw saw them making the playing game. But here we are, four game win streak. Russ has been playing some of the his best ball this season, and I would say he's been playing them Beal, better than Beal has the last few games. I mean, he's dropped a triple double in eleven of the last twelve, I believe, and they've got an important stretch coming up. I mean. You've got Thunder, that should be a victory. You got the Warriors. It's gonna be a tight one with the way Steph's been playing. I mean, that's another interesting playing team. And you got the Thunder again, then the Cavs. So these next five games are they should win at least four of them. And that should put them in, in position for, for the playing game. But you put you put that uh, uh, the team they're playing against for the playing. I mean, that's Chicago. And Chicago's been pretty bad ever since that Vucevic trade. I mean, we haven't seen any sign of brightness, but I mean, if you just got to win if you're the Wizards and Russ, yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I, this is where we'd bring in Prubs, who's an avid Bradley Beal fan, if you did not already know. Do, do you think that this is sufficient enough? Can can Russ keep it up? But also, is it okay? Is it okay for Russ to be the main guy for a little while? Is this what the Wizards are supposed to look like? Because they're playing well. They, they've maybe lost one or two here, but the team as a whole is playing a lot better right now with Russ playing as well as he is. Yeah, I think I think it is it is appropriate for Russ to be the number one man right now. I mean, the, the load Beal carried early on in the season was just crazy. And I'm not saying he's, he's still so tired from that, but I think it, – it, it builds trust in one another, and, and as Beal stated, like how good of a teammate Russ is, it builds trust when you know that other guy can be the number one at times when you're not performing to your uh, standards. And Russ has shown that you can trust him. I mean, it, it's I feel like it's this whole Wizards uh, playing train started after that game winner against Brooklyn when Russ hit that three after the inbound steal. I think that started the momentum that, hey, we could do this. And from them, it's it's yeah. been success. So I think it's 
it's the trust Beal has in Russ. And I think it's going to continue for a while. And, I mean, they're just going to keep rolling. Yeah, I mean, it's just to watch the Raptors and those those guys, teams that you know you can trust. I mean, they should be able to get over the Bulls here, but then you have to either knock off the Pacers or the Raptors, and those aren't easy teams by any means. So. I think, as you said, Rusk is able to fit in any scheme. We've seen it before. It's the question of whether that can stay, that can keep going. Right. So... I mean, we we saw him able to fit well in Houston, and that whole team exploded, really. Uh, Not even behind Russ or Harden's, like, authority. It was more of, we lose this team every time we play them, it's time to move on kind of thing for for Houston, which which sucks as for the franchise, because now they're on a uh, 2-27 streak. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, it, it sucks as an organization, but now they might line up some sort of pick, and then you have teams like Oklahoma City who realize they were playing too well, so they just mm-hmm. lose 10 in a row. Um, So, stuff like that, I guess, that really give you kind of perspective on the NBA because, well, anything can happen in this Eastern Conference. The third seed is... Is I mean, excuse me, the four seed is five games above 500 in the Hawks. So you have two of those teams. You know if you're 500, you're probably going to make the playoffs. So I think that's the Wizards' ultimate goal here. Get 500. Don't worry about it. You're going to be in. Let's yeah. move into the West. That's start off by talking. Interesting. Yeah, let's start off by talking about uh, Dwayne Wade's acquirement of the Utah Jazz. He is now a part owner. Were you surprised that he did not try to wait out the Heat deal and try to stay? I mean, they love him down there. Are you surprised that he didn't try to wait, that he made this move faster than everybody expected? Yeah, I, I am pretty surprised because, I mean, it would be a different situation if if Miami wasn't as successful as they are right now and Utah's the number one team in the league. I would be more uh, less surprised, but I mean, I'm pretty surprised that he didn't wait it out a little bit to see what uh, what the Heat owner had to say. But I mean, it, it seems like it's mutual. They both agree with each other. Um, but I'm I'm pretty surprised. I was pretty surprised when I got that. Yeah, I mean, if as the city of Miami, I mean, I'm sure everybody was a little bit caught off guard. That that wasn't uh, something. Do you think Dwayne Wade is gonna make a huge difference in Utah? Let's talk about that. Um, I mean, majority owner, team governor. I mean, I I think I could because I the Jazz they're saying. I mean, he's gonna have a pretty pretty active role, and as an NBA player, you know what it takes to be successful. And yeah. as the Jazz are a pretty successful team, I don't know. I personally don't think they have what it takes to get it done with the with teams like Lakers, Clippers, and Suns in their conference. So I think Dwayne Wade could definitely make a difference there. Yeah, like you said. Uh, the Utah Jazz sit atop the conference, but we also have the injury plagued 
Clippers, Nuggets, Blakers sitting right behind them, and then the Suns with how they've been playing recently. Right. So that's kind of a question to think about. Let's move down lower. We're going to pass the Lakers. Talk about some Blazers versus Mavericks. These two teams have been kind of like interesting teams in the West, like teams you can almost see pulling off an upset, but it really depends on who they're playing. Right now, the Mavericks sit on the seventh seed and the Blazers sit on the sixth seed. That means the Mavericks will have to play two extra games that, you, or or one extra game. And uh, I don't know. It just seems like something that wouldn't excite. It didn't excite Luka because it's starting to sit in. But do the Mavericks have what it takes to go up and take over the Blazers. I mean, they've been hanging around in the past few games, but they've also caught some breaks. Like today, if the Hornets didn't win, they would have moved another game back. So do the Mavericks have what it takes to, to beat these guys? Look, if you asked me this two days ago, I would have said yes. But I'm, I'm completely second-guessing myself now if this team has what it takes even to win a first-round series. You can't drop a game like this to Sacramento, and it wasn't even close. The entire game, Sacramento led by double digits. It was just disappointing. Not not just that. Uh, their two big role players, Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton, combined for like five points, and you still find a way to lose by 14. They were down by 21 at one point. I'm second-guessing myself about this team, but at the same time, the Blazers have dropped five of their last seven, and they've they dropped close games to the Hornets and the Celtics. Barely beat the Spurs. Um, but, I mean, if I had to choose one of those two in a seven-game series, I it, it would be really tough because these teams, they've had their highs and they've had their lows. And for the Mavs, I mean, you you got to start having more highs. Like, you can't, you can't ha- have these games that drop your momentum so much. And you have the easiest remaining schedule in the NBA, so you got to take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, they've been playing a lot better than they have, even though their record will show them at uh, five and five in the last ten. So I don't know. Uh, when when you look at Dallas, you saw the Luca crazy winner uh, yeah. against Memphis. Uh, you saw a good game before then, and then you go into the New York game and the Kings game, and it's not like he's playing bad. It's just that they can't find a way to win. Yeah, it's. And- it's- it's it's a lot of wasted possessions, and I feel like Luca, he he loves those step back threes, but sometimes he takes them like five seconds into the shot clock and and he misses it. It's just like such a waste of a possession, a letdown, really. But I, I yeah. feel like he that's something you just learn as you get older. Yeah, the Ma- the Mavs seem to have a problem where it gets to within the five minute fourth quarter switch, and you're down eight points. Most teams there either start attacking or they're going to press back and lose the game and dallas seems to flip the switch but the switch has no electricity in it it's like they flip a switch and they attack the basket and then you'll see a floater instead of a another pass to try to set up a layup or a reset or something or it ends up with a luca step back contested three which isn't the most favorited shot. I mean, the Mavericks have to figure it out. That's the bottom line. They they right. literally have to figure out a way to do what 
they got to do. And you're sit, you're also looking at the Mavericks at a potential number one seed in their division. So they're going to get a banner at the end of the day and they could still miss mm-hmm. the playoffs. Yeah. They could miss I... the playoffs with a banner. So I think that just tells you so much about what's going on in the West and the meaninglessness of these divisions really. It's, it's at a point where it shouldn't be a banner anymore, but we could see the Warriors and, uh, if the Kings can jump in there, we could see the Warriors and the Kings knock off the Mavericks and the Grizzlies to make the playoffs, and the Mavericks will get the banner. Or, or it's regular season though, right? You you win the regular season, you get the banner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You, you get the banner if you win the division in the regular season. But yeah, like you were saying, I mean, a Warriors team with Curry dropping forty every night. I mean. There's not much you could do about him. I mean, he's pretty much unstoppable. The Grizzlies have been one of the most underrated teams in the league this year. I mean, they haven't had Jaron Jackson all year long, and they're still yeah, hanging on to that eight point. seed. They barely lost to the Mavericks on that game winner. I'm, I'm pretty sure they they just went up sh- and beat the Bucks in Milwaukee. Grayson they should have beat the Mavericks. Good. Yeah, they should have yeah. beat the Mavericks. Um yeah, I mean, just wait till they get Jaron Jackson back. They're gonna be that much better. And then I don't know about the Kings. I mean, that's they just got off a nine-game losing streak. That's an interesting situation. But that playoff drought is getting old. Yeah, the Kings fans have a lot to hopefully look forward to. Maybe a coaching change. They sit five games out of the current ten seed in the San Antonio Spurs. So. Last thing as we start to wrap this segment, this episode and this segment up, the last thing we're going to say, you have a five game or excuse me, seven game series, Dallas, Portland. Who's your winner? Ooh, and what's uh, the series count? I mean, I'm going, it's definitely going to be a six or seven game series, but I think uh, if KP is able to play every game of that series, I'll go Mavs in seven. Yeah, but I mean, do you really think KP's gonna play every se- game of that series? Yeah, I mean that's that's a huge question. I mean, I feel like there's there's a chance he could because I mean there's no back to backs, but at the same time, I mean you keep playing one night in, one night out. I I don't know. It, it looks kind of dark, but if he if he could, I would say Mavs in seven. If not, I could see the Blazers taking it in six or seven. Here's what I'll say. If the Blazers play, or uh, first let's talk about my KP thoughts. He was playing like this last year, where we had him in, where they had him in and out. Not a we. I just you know talking about the Mavericks. We've been talking about them. They've had him in and out, in and out. So the organization, the we, decided in the playoffs to play him at full strength. He played those three games and then tore his meniscus. So. Do they get scared? That's my first question. My second question is, can the Blazers play like the Clippers? Because in game one, KP didn't get hurt. He got ejected because they got him mad. Yeah. Luka gets a tech in the next game for getting fired up. You can't get fired up in these playoff games, and the Mavericks are a young team. They have too much to learn about staying calm, and there's a lot of technicals in their series versus the 
Clippers and a lot of technicals that lost them. Yeah, I mean, ultimately lost them that series. Speaking of technicals, I mean, today Luca got one and KP got got into it with Mo Harkless. It's they they just got to figure out a way to calm themselves because that that yeah. K, that Luca technical that gave the Kings a free throw compu- completely threw them momentum away. Yeah, and and I get it. You're sticking up for your teammate, and I'm all for that. I just can't condone it when you're in the playoffs and the game is on the line and you throw out a whatever you want to throw out and get ejected from the game and LeBron James passes to Andre Drummond for a free layup. Because when the Mavericks do play the Lakers, if they can win a series, they literally can make no mistakes with three big guys going to play on KP. You can only guard one. There's going to be two guys against two mediocre guys on the Mavs every single time. So we'll see how that plays out for Dallas as we wrap up this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to check out our podcast on all of the platforms. Make sure to check out our Instagram, our social medias, including Instagram, Twitter, Bleacher Report, and Halftime. And make sure to check out our website at rewindthattape.com. New articles every single week. We'll see you guys on the next one.